Welcome back to That Wasn't In My Textbook, our bi-weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. I'm your host, Toya, and you're now listening to episode 12, five things you should know, we should know about Thanksgiving. Friday, everyone. So before we jump into the five things you probably don't know, but should know about Thanksgiving, debunking some of these myths that are ingrained in our minds from our textbooks, I have a couple announcements. First, if you're a new listener, welcome. You're listening to one of the funnest and dopest historical podcasts out there. You know what I'm saying? If you're a day one, welcome back. Today is going to be another mind-blowing episode. (laughs) And my last announcement is just, I just need to give my two cents about the election because the last episode, episode 11, was on the black suffrage movement. And I released that right before we have our new president and vice president-elect. So, you know, I got to say a little something, something, which is, you know, first of all, it's a very big deal, historical moment that we have a vice president who is a woman and a woman of color. You know what I mean? That's a, that's fucking amazing. Sorry for the F-bomb. And I appreciate that. I am happy that we got Trump out technically, but... And yes, there's a but. I'm feeling a little unsettled about it because Trump is still tweeting that he won. There was the million more on March. He hasn't conceded. And so it feels real, but it feels like it might not be real. And I'm not trying to rain on the parade of happiness that many of us have been feeling or feel like they should be feeling. But it's drizzling over here for me because it just doesn't seem real. And Trump is still going to be in office until mid-January. A lot of damage can be done. And I'm just wondering if this is going to be a seamless process. You know what I mean? So even though it's drizzling for me over here, I am hoping that, you know, after the rain, (laughs) there is going to be a rainbow, you know, some stimulus checks some student loan forgiveness at the end of the hardest year ever (laughs) and a year of elections. So that's my little two cents. Not to be a little Debbie Downer. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. (laughs) Now today we're talking about Thanksgiving and I know it's a little early and maybe you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but it is a topic that's in our textbooks that is not really correctly told to us, like a lot of things in our textbooks. So I thought it was important to talk about it. And you know, you might be listening and be like, Latoya, it is November 20th. 
you know, <laughs> why are we talking about Thanksgiving? But you know, the way my podcast schedule is set up bi-weekly, I have to talk about it today, but you can listen to it on release day. You can listen to it again the day before Thanksgiving. You could listen to it on Thanksgiving day. You know, if you're on zoom with your family, if you're in person with your family and friends, you could share it with someone because it's a lot of good stuff in there. And now that I realize that some of you might actually want to share it with your family and friends and family have like young folks and old folks, I'm going to try to cut back on the cursing, but I can't promise anything. (laughs) Emphasis on try. In this episode, we are going to talk about some of the biggest lies, myths, BS that we've been fed about this historical day. And we're going to debunk all the bullshit. See, there I go. Damn, cursing again. Um, And talk about the things that wasn't in our textbook. Let me preference this by saying I'm not telling you not to celebrate Thanksgiving, not to enjoy your macaroni and cheese, your collard greens, you know, all that stuff, your drink, you drink. I'm just saying, let's talk about the truth of it. That's all I'm saying. And... It's something we should all be aware of. What we've been told in school is a complete rewrite, revamping, embellishment, if you will, that hides the truth behind what really happened years and years ago. A truth that is quite ugly, but needs to be heard. And debunking these Thanksgiving lies is important because these myths, these lies, whatever you want to call them, erase the history of the original inhabitants of this land and feeds into stereotypes about indigenous people in this country that contributes to the oppression and erasure that they face today. And that's fucked up, okay? And we're anti-erasure. And we always keep it 100 over here on That Wasn't In My Textbook podcast. So let's get into some of these lies that our teachers taught us, in particularly five of them. And we're going to talk about the truth of these myths, lies, whatever you want to call it. Before we jump into debunking them, let's make sure we're all on the same page and review what's actually in our textbooks. Most of us were fed the same BS Thanksgiving story, and it goes a little something like this. The pilgrims sailed to the New World in 1620, seeking religious freedom on a ship called the Mayflower, and they landed on Plymouth Rock in Massachusetts. The pilgrims get there the land is open and free there's barely a person in sight and then boom winter hits and if you know anything about winters in massachusetts and new england you know that they are brick and brutal and i know about massachusetts winters because i went to boarding school out there but that's another story for another day so the europeans weren't quite ready or prepared for the coldest winter (laughs) and it was very different from the conditions that they came from in Europe in terms of cultivating the land and just surviving so a lot of them barely made it and they sought the help of indigenous people who helped them out taught them how to grow corn 
help them build alliances with indigenous groups and their neighbors. And with the help of indigenous people like Sanquo and the leader of the indigenous group, the Wampanoag, the pilgrims learned to live in the new world. And a year later, in 1621, they celebrated their survival with a Thanksgiving Day feast that they shared with their new indigenous homies. And today, America continues to celebrate this version of the story on the fourth Thursday of November as a national holiday. The end. Clearly, that was like a Toya remix because our textbooks definitely didn't use the words like homie and brick, but you get the jets of it. We probably can all agree that we've heard some version of this story before, but there's very little historical receipts of this first Thanksgiving day. What historians do know is that shit's not adding up. <laughs> What's in our textbooks and what actually happened historically and what the archives and stuff show don't really match up. So now that we remember the textbook story of Thanksgiving, let's debunk let's debunk five myths and talk about the things we should know. Myth number one is that the pilgrims founded a settlement on Plymouth Rock. According to the stories we've heard in history class, the Mayflower landed in the New World and started a new life on Plymouth Rock in 1620. Now, Plymouth Rock was really just what we consider Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and there wasn't a damn rock. Yep, you heard me right. In any of the historical archives, journals that have been found from that time period, cataloging what was going on, they don't talk about Plymouth Rock. They don't use that phrase. That was something that was created and made up 215 years later. Okay, so there was no Plymouth Rock. The second thing related to this myth that you should know is that the settlers were actually supposed to land in Virginia, not Plymouth Rock. They landed on Massachusetts by accident. I don't know what's up with these colonizers who keep getting lost, like Columbus, the Pilgrims, but I digress. The original plan was for the Mayflower to land in Virginia, which was already a colony, had people there, and they had tobacco plantations. And so that was their original destination. <laughs> now you might be wondering, how did they end up in Massachusetts? You know, Massachusetts and Virginia are not very close. People say it was a storm. People say they had some navigation trouble. But I will tell you more about that in a myth later on. But yeah, the, the pilgrims, they didn't land on no rock. Speaking of pilgrims, let's get into myth number two, which is the people who sailed to the Americas were pilgrims. Yeah, those colonizers weren't pilgrims. Wasn't even a term back then. They were not referring to themselves as pilgrims. They actually identified as separatist 
And in some cases, saints, which is like, okay, you're not a saint, okay? But they were considered separatists. They were trying to escape the Church of England and look for a safe place to be. And so the term pilgrims is not correct. But for the sake of this podcast, I probably will be using pilgrims, colonizers, and Europeans interchangeably. I hope that's not too confusing. So first, the term pilgrims wasn't even a thing. Second is that of the 102 passengers that were on the Mayflower that came to this quote-unquote Plymouth Rock, technically, there was only 35 of them that would be labeled pilgrims. The other 67 were just regular, regular people who were looking forward to actually landing in Virginia and their goal was just to get rich growing and farming tobacco. So you can imagine how tight the regular, regular folks were when they got off the boat and they realized that they were not in Virginia. They were, in fact, in Massachusetts. Some historians believe, but they don't have enough evidence for this part, that the pilgrims purposely landed in Massachusetts because I don't know why, but they believe that they did because they wanted to kind of start their own thing. But again, there's not a lot of evidence to back that up. But the pilgrims did recognize that they were outnumbered by the 67 regular regular folks who were quite mad about getting lost. So they really encouraged creating like a treaty slash constitution so everyone would work together and agree on peace. So, you know, the pilgrims, the so-called pilgrims were pretty clever. Now, myth number three is that the pilgrims settled in this open free land and it was their advanced European technology that helped them conquer the quote unquote primitive, I would never say that personally, indigenous group. Now, listen, these so-called pilgrims, aka colonizers, only managed to settle quote unquote in Plymouth because thousands of indigenous people, including the Wampanoag who occupied Plymouth, had been killed by diseases. Yep, before the so-called pilgrims arrived, the Spanish and the Dutch were roaming and conquering indigenous groups and spreading diseases. They caused a whole ass pandemic that wiped out entire indigenous groups. We're talking about millions of indigenous groups, unfortunately. And they brought diseases through livestock that they brought on the boats, like chickens, cows, et cetera, et cetera. And then they also brought diseases through their bodies. And when we talk about diseases, we're talking about chicken pox and other variations of pox, wingworms, cholera, and other diseases that I can't quite pronounce. But essentially, when the so-called pilgrims, a.k.a. colonizers, arrived in Plymouth in 1920, it was abandoned. And it actually was a burial site. The Wampanoag had buried a lot of their people there and moved on. So great job, settlers. Arrive. Great find. That was sarcasm, if you didn't know. Evidence shows that 
disease was so rampant and it was taking out indigenous groups so quickly. But if the so-called pilgrims had arrived in Cape Cod just three years prior to, they would not have found abandoned graves or anything like that. They would have probably not been able to even penetrate. It would have been fully populated and they probably would have been kicked out because history shows that indigenous groups were suspicious of colonizers and that they did push people out like John Smith and so on and so forth. So it wasn't the pilgrims, aka colonizers, weapons and technology that allowed them to colonize Massachusetts and and the Americas in general. It was diseases. And it's really sad and really scary. All right. (laughs) Myth number four, the pilgrims and the Native Americans were homies and they even got invited to Thanksgiving Day. That's a lie. The so-called pilgrims were not nice to indigenous people. They were throwing pock blankets on them to increase the spread of disease. A year before the Thanksgiving festival, the so-called pilgrims were so unprepared for their expedition and their arrival in Massachusetts, which was super cold, that they started robbing storage houses that the indigenous groups had that stored wheat, beans, and corn. They were digging up grave sites. Did you hear me? They were digging up grave sites and taking bowls and mats and other personal items that were traditionally buried with indigenous indigenous people they were taking the supplies and bury and reburying the bodies which is really sick and disrespectful and they did all this because they weren't prepared and didn't know how to cultivate the land and even with these grimy sealing tactics half of them still died within the first year Later on, they asked for help from the indigenous people and they were granted it. You know, the leader of the original groups of indigenous people who lived in what they call Plymouth, um, the leader of the Wampanoag, he helped them. Sanquo, another indigenous man, helped them. And he actually was a former slave of the Europeans who had escaped, but he helped them out. And so the leader of the Wampanoag people helped them out, not because... He wanted to be cool with them, but because the diseases that the different European groups that came to the Americas had wiped out most of his people that he was leading and they were weak and they were vulnerable to their rivalry neighbors. So the leader of the Wampanoag group figured by aligning himself with the so-called pilgrims and helping them out that he would appear stronger, he could be stronger and fight his rivalries. He did not know, he had no idea that over the course of 50 years, they would kill him, the rest of his peoples and other indigenous groups. It was more of a strategic move, not because he genuinely liked them. And as far as indigenous people getting invited to Thanksgiving, it's believed that there was probably just a handful, if not less, of indigenous folks that were invited to this festival. And that probably was Sanquo, who was the indigenous, former enslaved indigenous person who was helping them and probably the leader of the Wampanoag. 
that's really what probably went down. And then our last myth, myth number five, Thanksgiving was a major historical event. Again, false. (laughs) Historians believe the first Thanksgiving in 6021 was just a regular harvest celebration, which is why there's very little historical record of this event because it wasn't that big of a deal. Our textbooks have us over here believing that the so-called pilgrims introduced this tradition and feast, but in fact, indigenous people observed harvest celebrations for years and years and years and years before the colonizers arrived. There are some who believe that this first Thanksgiving in air quotes by colonizers was more like a celebration, a prayer, and in some cases even a fast just to acknowledge that they survived the first year and the first winter in Massachusetts. It's not really surprising that relations between the pilgrims and the Wampanoags and other indigenous groups deteriorated soon after this first festival labeled Thanksgiving. Our current day Thanksgiving festival only goes back to 1863 when the government was trying to create unity. You know, Abe Lincoln made this announcement that we're going to have Thanksgiving because he was trying to bring together the North and the South. Okay, (laughs) look, the word Thanksgiving didn't even exist before Abe said something. And the pilgrims didn't have anything to do with Abe's announcement. You see what I'm saying? It wasn't until 1890, which is 270 years later, that you start seeing people fabricating this connection between Thanksgiving Day that Abe Lincoln made up after the Civil War and pilgrims from 1620. It's not adding up, you know what I mean? And they weren't even called pilgrims. There was no Plymouth Rock. I mean, geez, there's so many things that are wrong about this story. So those are the five myths that we debunked. They are all false. Surprise, surprise. On that note, happy Thanksgiving. Okay, that's a little awkward. Look, I hope you don't hate me for sharing the truth. I know that this day is some folks' favorite day. And like, how can you be mad at that? It's a day to get together with your family, to eat good, drink good, and just chill and reconnect, right? Hopefully you're doing that safely. And there's nothing wrong with that. But overall... This is just important information to know. And I know that I took away some of that feel-good history that they feed us in our textbooks. But hear me out. It's not to make you feel bad. It's simply a matter of revealing truthful and inclusive history. Imagine the conversations we could be having in the classroom, on Zoom, over the phone, in clubhouse, or at the dinner tables if we learned the good and the bad, the truth and the lies of this Thanksgiving story. We might be able to have conversations about erasure, about conflict, about harvesting, about pandemics, about indigenous groups. We might be able to truly practice gratitude and appreciation for the original occupants of this land that made it possible for all of us to be here today. 
done right, we could really be having fun, honest, insightful conversations around being thoughtful and respectful of everyone because most of us non-Indigenous folks, because a lot of people of European descent are immigrants of this country. Whether or not you came here in 1620 or 2020, there were other people here. And if all those things could happen, that would be in a perfect world, right? I'm not saying don't have Thanksgiving, but you can have a woke, conscious Thanksgiving. And I just want to end this by encouraging you to do one thing that I've started doing during my Thanksgiving celebrations and my Columbus Day celebrations, which is to do a land acknowledgement. And it's a simple statement to thank and acknowledge the original inhabitants of the land we are on here in America. Here's an example. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the territory of indigenous people, the traditional custodians of this land with the deepest respect. May the elders past and present be blessed and honored. May we join together and build a future based on compassion, justice, hope, faith, and reconciliation. I did not make that up. I wish I had the source. (laughs) But that's an example. If you Google land acknowledgements, they will pull up all different types of examples for you. I just challenge you to do a land acknowledgement on Thanksgiving Day, no matter how you celebrate. And that is the conclusion of episode 12, five things we should know about Thanksgiving myth debunking. If you enjoyed this episode, if you learned something new, because I know I learned something new doing the research, leave a review. Share the episode. That would be great. Share the episode with someone else. Now, find me online and DM me or leave a comment and and tell me what you thought or tell me about another myth that I missed because I know I didn't get it all. You can watch the full episode on YouTube if you want to see my face. Okay. Make sure to follow that wasn't in my textbooks all over the interwebs. We're everywhere. Just Google us. And don't forget to come back on Friday, December 4th for our next episode. Thanks again for your time. Enjoy your Thanksgiving however you celebrate. I know it's going to be different for a lot of us this year because we're experiencing a pandemic. So be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. And until next time, remember, knowledge is power.